Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Calling Tau City. Turn on your radio. I know we had some words last time, but that was so long ago. I got your message. It was a little harsh, you know. It's still a little hard for me to hear. Please take it slow. Welcome to Starship Sofa, part of the District of Wonders network. Everyone has a story in the District of Wonders. Come and find yours. I'm tuning in to your transmissions. I'm This is the Starship Sova. Everybody, welcome. Hello and welcome to show 689. I am your host, Tony C. Smith. Hello, everyone. Hope everyone is fine and dandy. Yes, well, Nick's, our, our editor, Nick Mamatas, is getting his feet firmly in the ground there now. So, planted and picking stories left, right and centre. Nick, this is a fantastic story that's coming up. Before that, though, I just want to say, I found a, a few months ago no oh god it would have been years now is what i was talking about the i kind of discovered that the tv show the orville and i watched the, the kind of i was under the second episode second season and i remember it finishing like halfway through and i just never picked it back up and i've recently last week discovered forgot all about it but it's on disney plus they're on and the new season's out and oh man just like, just he- you know, this is like my little comparison. Head and shoulders about above the the, the new Star Wars one, the Obi Wan. You know, what I mean, the, the different, like the the subjects are deeper. The, the it looks better. It's just got everything. And like I say, I remember watching it, and it it, it kind of i don't know if it stopped for the you know the, the the pandemic or anything like that but it stopped halfway through and then like i say i picked it up and just watched some great episodes let us know if you kind of if you like the oval or is this just like a and out there everyone's kind of ignoring it or is it i mean i've looked on the review sites you know the the rotten tomatoes and it's getting great reviews you know so let us know starshipsover@gmail.com so 
We'll jump into the main fiction. It is called Just Another Date Night on the Highway Out of Town by Zandra Rennick. This story originally appeared in Pulp Literature, number 32, in 2021. Zandra Rennick's award-nominated fiction has been translated, performed on stage, and optioned for TV. Stories under iterations of her full name have appeared in The Baltimore Review, Asimov's Ellery's Queen, and Alfred. Alfred Hitchcock's New Canadian Noir and assorted, I love just like assorted years best volumes. This is amazing. Find out more at ZandraRenick.com or on Twitter, ZandraRenick. Now, this story is narrated by Alithia Contes. Alethea is a princess, storm chaser and best-selling author of over 20 books and 50 short stories. Alethea has received the Jane Yolen Midlist Author Grant, the Scribe Award and is a two-time winner of the, I think it's the Galette Burgess Children's Book Award. She was nominated twice for both the Dragon Award and the Andre Norton Nebula. In her spare time, Alethea narrates stories for a myriad of award-winning online magazines. Born in Vermont, Alethea currently resides on the space coast of Florida with a teddy bear, Charlie. So, the Starship Sova is very proud to present... Just Another Date Night on the Highway Out of Town by Zandra Rennick Narrated by Alethea Contis Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This girl spider brought along on what he and I have been calling our weekly double date hell night is so annoying because she's saying stuff like, of course I love pizza as much as everybody else, but is it gluten-free? So I'm looking at spider sitting across from me in this raggy, sliced-up, naga-hide booth, in the back of what everybody on campus knows is the rankest late-night highway pizza dive in creation. And I'm thinking, spider dude, it's a fact we're still friends despite you cheating on me like two years ago and me dumping your squeaky ass, but 
I know what you've got down those baggy pants of yours is nothing even close to gluten-free. Then I think maybe it's all moot, because his sad gluttony man habits never do actually pass her lips, and then I start thinking, joke's on you, spider. I may not be half as pretty as this girl, but at least I always prided myself on giving decent reciprocal tip for what was, to be fair, your enthusiastic and sometimes not uncreative tat. I think, again, the god I never believed in, that I'm dating Shelley now but it's astounding I even have to point out the obvious fact for, like, the fifth time that gluten-free or not, this effing pizza in front of us has a fake black polished fingernail sticking straight up out of the center. A pointy Halloween talon rising from soupy yellow cheese like a mini black obelisk from a mozzarella moor. Turning the scratch plastic pitcher upside down to get the last dregs of unglutenfree beer into my glass, I'm thinking, okay, sure. It's the middle of the week and the middle of the night and we're in the middle of nowhere, but it's still telling that we're the only customers in this joint. I picture some idiot back there in the kitchen slinging dough into big metal ovens, not caring if her tacky vampire press-ons aren't staying pressed. Figuring I'm the only one at the table with the balls or maybe the brains to go complain to management, I knock back my beer and kiss my girlfriend Shelly and stand. Jelly doesn't seem to mind Spider's idiot date, and they're chattering away about manicures and gluten-free crusts, both shining examples of the kind of normal girl I will forever fail to be. I pretend not to be a little jealous as I heft our gross pizza and stomp over to the counter to complain about its surprise extra topping and try to weasel a free second pitcher on the house while they sling us up a new pie. The guy behind the counter looks cold from a casting call for sleazy roadside diner characters, like some low-budget movie director needed a night fry cook for the kind of horror film my grandma watched at the drive-in over my granddaddy's shoulder from the back seat. You know, like he'd gut you with a fillet knife or grind you up for burgers. Stubble, bloodshot eyes, dirty white apron with stains the shapes of tiny continents or exposed internal organs straight out of used dollar bin textbooks. Excuse me, I tell him, but there's a fake fingernail in the cheese in the middle of our pizza, some kind of claw-looking thingy. He turns from the muted television flickering behind the bar and blinks once, slow and rusty, like it's the first time he's blinked in so long he's forgotten how. He takes me in, my untucked plaid flannel and my oversized combats and my black eyeliner and my holy black jeans and my cropped ironic headbanger mullet and I feel judged AF. I plop the pizza on the counter between us. Grease spills over the rim of the cooling metal plate. There is a finger-fucking nail, I tell him, embedded in the fucking cheese of our fuckeroni pizza. Embedded, he echoes. Everyone says locals resent us college kids from up the road, and I wonder if he's making a comment on my vocabulary. Like he's saying if I were a tea drinker, I'd lift my pinky. Like, maybe he's saying I'm super fancy for using precise language, for using a word like embedded. But then without looking down at the pizza, he says, it probably didn't get enough time in the incubator. The eerie monotone way he says it doesn't sound like he's making fun. And incubator is fancier than any term I would have come up with for a pizza oven. It's having the queen for tea and pinky lifting kind of fancy. Seriously, his expression is deadpan. No funny business at all. 
I'm still pondering an appropriate reply when he starts filling me a new pitcher brimming with beer. I hear Shelley's cute little shiny laugh and turn to see her leaning across the gouge table to touch Spider's date's left earring. Shelley's a flirt and a sweetheart, and not at all like lying cheatmonger Spider, but that same stupid jealousy stabs deep in my gut to see how easy it is for her, for all of them. It's like everyone got some class and confidence that I never found in the syllabus, like they all graduated Social Ease 101, working on their BAs in BS. When I turn back, the barman is gone, along with the pizza. The beer is there, though, frothy and golden, fresh from the tap. The only reason anyone comes to this place at all. Second pitcher down, and things are brighter than before. Glowier, fuzzier, and nicer. I don't drink often, but I love the way beer softens the edges of my social anxiety. Much more fun than my usual coping mechanism, avoiding other people altogether. Spiders telling stories about him and me growing up next door to each other, in the next state over, describing the glittery banana seat on my bike when we were kids, the tassels I used to tape to my handlebars, and the playing cards we used to stick in his spokes. Shelly is warm and soft, laughing at Spider's stupid jokes, snuggled against my side. Even Spider's date seems less annoying than she did an hour ago. Not cool exactly, but not terrible. The second pizza is delivered to our table without a word, plunked down by a stocky blonde with short-bitten nails, who doesn't look imaginative enough in her fashion choices to wear the offending item contaminating our last order. There's something about her familiar flat bloodshot gaze that makes me think she must be related to the barman. She blinks at me once before shuffling away, a long, slow, rusted blink like her eyelids are on unoiled hinges and can barely function. By now, we're all a little sloshed. Except Spider's date, who won't drink our gluten-riddled beer and is fiddling with her phone the way certain types of skinny girls do when everyone else is eating. The rest of us each grab hot, cheesy slices to stuff in our pie holes. Spider has wolfed down half his slice already without chewing, when Shelley's expression turns weird, and she spits out her mouthful onto the scarred tabletop. She gags, reaching into her mouth, scooping out a congealed cheese mass of dough and red sauce studded with unidentifiable gooey flecks and small, gristle-jointed bones that remind me of the baby pig knuckles the highway truck stop near my hometown keeps in a big jar next to the register. I start spitting chunks of my pizza into the fistful of napkins I've yanked from the chrome dispenser in the middle of the table. Spider puts what's left of his slice back on the greasy metal plate. Shelly jumps up and runs to the bathroom, and Spider's date follows her. I'm too mesmerized by the twitching chunks flopping around on the surface of our pizza to feel more than a brief pang of jealousy at the notion someone else is taking care of my girlfriend in her moment of distress. Spider? I say. And he says, yeah. And I say, that wasn't a fake press-on costume nail in our pizza before, was it? I say it like that, not really asking. And looking a little green... He answers, no. I'm going to assume it's because of the beer that I decide to lean close enough over the pizza to watch the objects inching through the cheese. You'd think it would be grosser if I recognized what the moving things were exactly. Like if they were grubs or maggots or, I don't know, 
severed human pinkies or embryonic piglets or hatching insects crawling from a clutch of chitinous shells or something. But it's worse not knowing what the hell those things are, squirming and writhing around in their amniotic cheesy sea. Still beer-fuzzed, I reach one finger, dipped in my own chip midnight blue nail polish, toward the undulating mass, and gently, baby hamster gentle, dandelion fluff gentle, push back the top layer of clumping yellow cheese. There's a bubble in the crust underneath, thick and gooey, as if not cooked all the way through, or maybe saturated with the thin yellow grease staining the crust more orange than yellow around the edges of the round metal pizza plate. The dough bubble trembles, then parts in the center. The part widens slowly, blinking wider, wider, as if moving on reluctant hinges, until I'm staring straight into a big, bloodshot eyeball, just like the cook's, like the server's, and it's staring straight back at me. Spider and I scramble over each other, getting out of the booth. My car keys on their chain, swinging from my pocket, catch on the pitted red vinyl, leaving a deep, bloody gouge as I flail away from the table. Spider clutches at my hand, and I grasp his in a mutual panicky clamp as we rush together toward the front door and run straight into the solid, stained, muscle-shirted chest of the steely-gazed barman. Not letting go of each other, Spider and I scoot shuffle backwards in the direction of the bathroom where our girls are, which is, of course, what I meant to do all along. Shelly's the love of my life so far. I'd never leave her to the mercy of a bunch of crazy pizza mofos. As if. Before we reach the bathroom, the door bangs open and the girls spill out. Past them, the bathroom's grimy industrial wall tiles pulse a sick fluorescent white, limbing our blonde server in a halo glow. In both hands, she holds a meat cleaver, the sort you might see in one of those drive-in horror flicks my grandmother would have loved. Oh, please, I want to say out loud. I want to roll my eyes, want to make it all seem like a laugh, a prank, like we're getting punked for some low-grade indie webisode. But then Shelly is at my side, and she's trembling and crying, and all I want to do is smash in some weirdo pizza people pie hole. The sturdy blonde with the cleaver steps from the bathroom. The barman shambles forward, slack-jawed, looking ready to stab and hack. I plant my feet, force myself to stand straight, take a deep breath, and shout, Wait! For a split second, I feel like a rock star. Everyone freezes. Shelly and Spider and Spider's date are shining our savior beams at me with their hopeful expressions. The pizza weirdos are watching me too, all bloodshot but calm. Even the googly pizza eyeball, the dough bubble now bloated, stretched to a ridiculous size, drooping over the metal plate rim, blinks wide to watch me with what seems like genuinely polite solemnity. I clear my throat and say, loud and crisp, like they try to teach you in public speaking class, Okay, okay, okay. Clearly, there's something going on here we don't understand, and we apologize for the intrusion. But now we'll just excuse ourselves and be on our way, and no one needs to get... Eat me, booms the eyeball on the table. Well, it doesn't boom from the actual eyeball as much as it sort of emanates from the air around the table where the pizza eye sits, rolling and jiggling. 
you'd think it would come across as rude. Like, if I tell someone to eat me, I'm not trying for politeness, you know? But it doesn't. It doesn't sound angry or threatening or particularly scary at all. What it sounds is desperate, like it's begging. Begging to be eaten. A pizza begging to be eaten. There was this stupid joke we used to tell in frosh opt-in sex positivity circles about how sex was like pizza. When it's good, it's really, really good. And when it's bad, it's still pretty good. A few of us might have debated the sex part of that equation, but no one ever denied the universal appeal of pizza. Before now, I would have been hard-pressed to meet a pizza I was unwilling to eat. But that time, I see, has come. Everyone, be cool. I say to Spider and Spider's date and Shelly, but mostly to the pizza and its bloodshot zombie mofo minions. Everybody be cool and we'll let ourselves out the back, nice and simple. To keep watch on the barman blocking the front entrance, I stumble backward, herding my little crew toward the swinging metal door to the kitchen and the back parking lot and the car and freedom. The pizza eye blinks a doleful blink at me from the Naugahyde booth. The server and barman standing with their kitchen weaponry pointed our direction simultaneously blink along with the pizza. A long, dry, unhuman motion blasting away any shred of doubt they're functioning as independent agents and not mind-screwed satellites of the jiggling, cheesy dough bubble on its round metal plate. The heavy door swings on surprisingly smooth hinges. I usher the others through behind me without turning, and when I'm sure they're all in the kitchen, I back in after them, slamming the thick barrel bolt into place. Spinning to hustle everyone out the rear exit, I practically trip over Spider staring slack-jawed at the gaping hole in the kitchen ceiling, the looming treetops and night sky sparkling with frost. Or maybe it's the flying saucer he's staring at, crumpled into the top left side of the enormous commercial oven, with its gaping maw spilling a row of what looked like unbaked pizza pies onto the filthy concrete floor. The pizza oven itself is a big, round, stainless steel dome, and the flat caricature of a UFO disc rides it off-kilter like a fat metal beret on a metal giant's bald head. In movies, spaceships are 20, maybe 50 feet across, and aliens look like hairless encephalitic elves with excellent night vision. In reality, spaceships are apparently only about 6 feet across, and aliens look like cheese pizzas. A weird sound I don't recognize turns out to be Spider, crying. They're all dead, he's murmuring through his choky sobs. My lovely, delicious crew, all gone, all gone, and home, so far away. Spider's date moves fast for a skinny girl. She's got Shelly by the hand and is dragging her past the big metal pizza oven crash-landed flying saucer, toward the dark back corner with the glowing red exit sign when a low, roundish form scuttles out of the shadows and clamps onto her ankle. I rush to drag the thing off her, calling to Spider to come help. I'm on the floor, grappling with the curved black talons and segmented pignacle limbs of a small crab-like creature the size of a deep-dish personal pizza. It's got these short, stumpy stalks with eyeballs at the ends, three of them, blinking at me in mournful bloodshot unison. Spider! 
I shout as he steps to the dining room door and draws back the barrel bolt with a loud clank. He opens it wide enough for two more crab-like pizza creatures to clickety-clack in on pointy black nails. They're carrying our pizza between them like it's a fallen comrade on a round metal stretcher wedged between their six stumpy eye stalks. In the main restaurant behind them lie two lifeless human-shaped sacks on the floor, their pizza parlor whites stained with indeterminate continents and organ shapes out of dollar bin textbooks with gaping, eaten-out holes where their chests should be. Deep dish, personal pizza size. Kicking and struggling, Shelly and I free spiders dates ankle from the first crab creature and back toward the rear exit. The crab things line up in front of Spider and set the partially eaten pizza on the floor in front of him. The air reverberates again, and again I not so much hear as feel in the bones of my chest the pleading command delivered as a mournful edict. Eat me. Spider sinks to his knees and reaches for the metal pizza plate. I shout his name again. He, all three crabs, and the sorrowful mangled pizza turn their unified bloodshot gazes toward me, differing only in the sizes of their eyeballs, the angles of their stares. But when Spider speaks, it's him I hear, his voice with all the layers of our years stripped away, our breakup, our painful stint at dating each other, our mixed bag moments from kindergarten through high school, sad and happy and painful and amazing. They need me to make a full crew of four, he tells me, but it's okay. He reaches for the pizza, which closes its weird bubble eye and deflates into his hand when he lifts it to his mouth. He says, it's already happening, from what I ate before. I'm an incubator, but don't worry, I'll still be me. I'll see more galaxies than humans imagine exist. I'll be the captain and travel the universe as I eat through my crew, being eaten in return, reborn, generation after generation, exploring the cosmos, forever consuming, cycling, recycling, forever hungry, forever sated. As he crams the wriggling slice whole into his mouth, I lunge to stop him, but Shelley and Spider's date drag me toward the exit. I'm trying to scream Spider's name, but it turns into a hiccupy sob in the center of my chest, the same spot I see ripping open on Spider, where segmented crab-like talons push their way through his skin, ribs crumpling inward where there's nothing underneath, a cavity hollowed out, consumed. Spider's empty body puddles on the floor. The new creature steps daintily from the fleshy mess, flicking the last human goop from its rear talon, like you'd shake off damp toilet paper stuck to your shoe. The door bangs wide. I reel in the sudden cold of outside, my jacket left behind. Fresh air fills my heaving lungs. Shelley yanks my key ring from my pocket, unhooks it from the chain I bought because I wanted to look tough. Her hands shake as she fumbles for my car key. Spider's date is practically carrying me single-handed across the empty parking lot. Super strong for a skinny girl. I'm already bargaining with myself about what I saw, what I heard, convincing myself to go back and rescue Spider from whatever inadvertent drug haze or mass hysteria or misunderstood scenario I've just encountered. I'm already concocting a dozen things it could have been, or might have been, or probably should have been. Anything but what it was. 
Spider's date tumbles me into the back seat, crawls in, slams the door. Shelley jams the key in the ignition. Tears are drying in sticky tracks down my aching cheeks. Spider's date clutches me to her chest, surprisingly soft for a skinny girl. Squeezing, rocking us back and forth while my rusty old beater car skids out onto the empty highway back to town. The massive golden flash of igniting outer space rockets lights up the night, starkly illuminating the tight, frightened features of the other girls in the car. Shelly guns the engine, and my crappy, balding tires growl at the road. Spider's date and I are tangled arms and hair and breath, watching out the wide rear window together as a dark, flat saucer shape blasts upward, making a blazing inferno of what used to be the worst late-night highway pizza dive in creation. The saucer hangs for a heartbeat, silhouetted against the combined effervescent glare of yellow flames leaping up to meet cool blue jets shooting down. The two flames drift farther apart as the saucer lifts, blue breaking from yellow, both shrinking smaller as we rattle down country byway between the ragged tops of ancient evergreens. I'm already sad about the rest of my life, about how stars are ruined for me forever, about how shit can come hurtling at you out of nowhere, and death isn't always noble or profound, and how no matter what else happens or how long I live, every time I look up into the sky, at those countless pinpricks of cold distant flame, I'll wonder which one is spider, eating and eaten, over and over, hungry, consuming, sated, recycle, repeat. And there you go. Huge thank you to Zandra Rennick. Zandra, thank you so much indeed for letting me play this. And Alithia, man, thank you indeed. It is an honour. So that is Starship Sofa's 689 put to bed. Again, let us know what you think of the Orville. Is it is it worth a watch for yourselves to invest that time? Or is it just a sort of sideline bit of fluff? Let us know, starshipsover at gmail.com. Until next week, just like to say, good night from me. Thank you for listening. I don't get that much. I've barely left the ground. I'm tuning in to your transmissions. I'm waiting to be found. And I'm building rockets. Pointing them to the moon But the work is going slowly It won't get to you anytime soon Can you reach me? Is my signal getting through? Turn on your radio I want to talk to you This signal's going light speed By the time I get my say I might already be on to you and on my way But you're so far from here And at best I'm moving slow So I'm waiting on your call at home with nowhere to go Can you reach me? Is my signal getting through? Turn on your radio I want to talk to you I want to talk to you
If I could cast myself on a radio wave, I might get to you someday. If books were rocket ships, I'd need only the will to fly. I'm still building word by word, and I'll get out there by and by. I'll get out there by and by. I'll get out there. I'll get out there by and by. I'll get out there by and by. I'll get out there, out there by and by. I'll get out there by and by. I'll get out there, out there by and by. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.